on this week's episode of Interview with an Improviser. We have Tim Schoenfeld from 88 Improv. 88 Improv is Omaha's longest-running long-form improv team. Featured improvisers this episode are Nick Rowley, John Herman, Justin Patterson, Price Comstock, and Todd Dillon. There are none. That's, Do you believe that? This? I, absolutely, I believe that. <laughs> uh, this is like improv in the early 90s. Right? Uh, this, is, this has surprisingly been one of our few weeks where we have had, I think, each night an all-male cast. We had a show called Five Guys. Last night we had our interrogator with all guys. About and time. And tonight, right? It's about time. Five, men are funny. People don't believe it, but yeah. men are funny. <laughs> We're not just all dick jokes, okay? I think, uh, yeah, I was talking to some other people about this very subject the other day. It's like, women have had it really easy in the last few years, and I think it's time for men to get theirs. Yeah. You just have these dominating forces like uh, Tina Fey and stuff making us seem stupid. (laughs) Couldn't disagree more, dude. Couldn't disagree more. Uh, All right, so, Tim, you are a member of 88 Improv, which Mm -hmm. is... Omaha's longest-running long-form improv team. Mm-hmm. You are uh, one of the, all four of you are the founding members. Correct, correct. Um, and I think it's interesting how you all learned improv. So can you go over briefly your, uh, your introduction to improv in Iowa, correct? In Iowa, yeah. Um, well, let's see. Me personally, here's, here's the story that... that uh, of me starting, do you want, this is the first time I ever did improv. Do you want to hear yeah. that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I was in high school, and I was um, the, the drama teacher person. Oh, I, I, she told me I was auditioning for a play, so I did that. I was walking down the hall, and she's like, you're going to audition for the fall play. I was like, oh, okay. So then I did, and because and, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a people pleaser. You know, I just want to please people. So um, it was fun. And then after that, she said, you're going to do speech and debate. I was like, okay. <laughs> and and I, I had a crush on her daughter, so <laughs> seemed like a, a smart move. Um, so anyway, she ended up, I, I went to my first, like, speech competition. And I don't know, it's like, it's just, it's just so weird. Like, I had absolutely no, I, I didn't realize this existed. I didn't realize that people went out and debated things in classrooms and then would like do duo interp and extemporaneous speaking like that whole world it was just so bizarre and um i was i did a solo improv thing and she's like you'll be fine you'll be fine it's like what, what do i do oh they give you an envelope with some suggestions in it and then you get like five minutes to think of something and then you just do that thing you thought of and and you'll be fine you're, you're, you're quick you'll get it it's like oh okay <laughs> no, no no other instructions yeah i mean it was really you know, it'd be like, uh, oh, I don't know, it's, it's round, it's a ball, uh, there's a point guard and a forward, and you, know, you just get out there and you'll play, and you'll be good, you know? <laughs> uh, I mean, it just was so scattered. And I went, and I got my suggestions, and it was like toothpick fight, or no, it was toothpick factory, security consultant, I still remember two of them, and then there's something else. And so, I'm dyslexic. Right? Is that for real? It is. It is. And I didn't really know it all the way. I wasn't officially diagnosed until actually after high school. Timing. (laughs) Details. Uh, So I I read my suggestions of toothpick factory and security consultant and something else. I'm like, I don't know what 
a security consultant is or does or whatever. So I'm like, what's a security factory? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it was a tooth. Yeah, what's a toothpick factory? Yeah. So so anyway, I get out there, and then they they're like, okay, next performer, Tim Schoenfeld. So I stand up, like, and then they read your suggestions to the audience, and you're like in a math classroom or something up at the front, and they they read the suggestions, and it was like a security consultant, whatever the other thing is, and toothpick fight. I was like, toothpick fight. Oh yeah. That's what that said. It didn't say toothpick factory at all. So I stood there and I was like, Any, can I go anytime? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, anytime you want. It's like, on guard! And then I started doing this toothpick fight and then I, I made it to finals. Nice. So, just, it was all a toothpick fight? Uh, I was fighting and talking about security and whatever the other thing was. And it, the rest of it was just a complete blur. We four different characters. I <laughs> and one of them was a talking animal. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I had I was two characters because you had to be two characters in a situation, and so uh, that that's that's so from that point on, it just seemed easy enough to just keep doing. So and then um, for '88 improv, I went to college uh, with uh, my my brother had gone there the year before, and then I followed along. And he was roommates with Steve. They'd been randomly paired together in the, in the, like, I guess, you know, it was like the coolest, it was, it was kind of the misfit dorm or whatever. Anyway, they were, they were randomly paired together as roommates. Uh, so they were roommates for a couple of years. Sarah was uh, a junior. And I remember the first time I saw her, I'd met her before visiting my brother, but I remember, like, walking into this orientation thing and she's, like, smiling and, like, her nickname used to be Daisy, and so she had like a Daisy drawn on her arm. It did, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was super cute, and uh, and I remember walking in like freshman orientation thing, and she's like part of the orientation staff. She's like, hey, how you doing, blah blah. It's like, ah, she's cute, but I got no chance because <laughs> I'm a freshman or whatever. And anyway, but then I, then I just got married and had a bunch. Of got kids married and had a bunch of kids, <laughs> and she's just now figuring it out. <laughs> no, no. So we, we all met at college. But then the four of you, just to get to this, uh, fairly wrap this up kind of fairly quickly, you had all, was there classes in college? There was a, You guys also learned from a book a little bit, right? <laughs> from a book. We did, after learning how to read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we, there was a campus improv team that, had, that was student run, and then we all infiltrated that after a while, and there was one... Uh, kid who was just real gung-ho about improv and uh, um, he was big into like reading books and all this kind of stuff. We, we just took in any sort of workshop that came within 200 miles of northwest Iowa. We'd go to workshops We and there was a book, I um, can't think of what it's called now, but it's uh, The Art of Improvisational Acting. Probably has something to do with improv in the title. It's Is a red veal that's spoken or something? Uh, there's that one. Steve, help me out. What's the name of the book? The red one. Acting on Impulse. Acting on Impulse. That's a really good book that we did. Okay. Steve's in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Well, you phoned in a friend. Yeah. Phoned <laughs> a friend. Um, anyway, so we, but we read several books. Not just one book, but several books. I mean, Truth and Comedy is good. There's a lot of good books out there. And then just a ton of trial and error. You know, we did regular monthly or every, yeah, about every month we do improv shows on campus. And then... Uh, we were all theater students, a lot of us were, and so we were doing acting in addition and just general screwing around. And uh, 
by the end of college, we were getting hired locally to do like Christmas parties and stuff for businesses around the area. And then by the end of college, uh, with a with a shiny new theater degree, you know, you decide to go move to Omaha, Nebraska, become a valet parking manager, and, and do improv on the side. That's <laughs> all four of you decided. That. Yeah, <laughs> Steve and I have oddly enough worked for the same company almost for ten years. I mean, like both the same company, or you guys each your own set. No, he. Like, we both worked, literally, I got him a job working as a valet manager, and then he got me a job working for this concierge company we work for now, and, <laughs> like, we just have followed each other around, so if Sarah doesn't work out, I got a backup. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a bunch of kids, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so, um, let's, let's move on to kids, actually. Um, what... Since having kids, how have you? Are there any moments since having kids that you feel that it's made an impact on your improv? Um, moments since having kids that have made an impact on my improv. You know, I think, uh, um, I, I guess I, I learn from most every experience, or I try. I try to learn from a lot of experiences. So. Um, just the value in, in like having a character that's like deeper and maybe is more complex, I guess, in, in long form is, is, that's really helpful for me. And, and I guess just having kids is just such a, uh, an otherworldly experience, really. I mean, it's just bizarre that this little human grows inside this woman. I mean, it, it, and then and then this baby comes out, and it's a human, you know, and it, it's... It, At that point. So, it's just, just, it's just so bizarre. I don't know. That I, um, you're probably looking for, like, a really good story. Like, I... I don't know, I've, a bad I've been, one. you got a real bad Yeah, a real bad one. I, I, guess, I guess I've been peed on in a tent... By one of your kids. By one of my kids. Yeah, this isn't stuff like you do, Dylan. This is... <laughs> <laughs> no, this Can I cover this? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've got... Uh, I mean, it's kind of, I feel bad talking about my kids because they didn't agree to be up here, but um, they... Uh, we'll talk about hypothetical. Hypothetically, kids. if I had a child that um, will sleep pee, <laughs> like not, not, not go to the bathroom in their bed, but like walk around... And like go to the bathroom go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's funnier. Than well, I bet okay. You do. <laughs> yeah, 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 I bet you do too. And, I, and again, I feel bad. Cause, uh, but I'll, 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 I'll throw myself in here as well. I wet the bed to like double digits. I mean, just like full blown. Like I remember having dreams. where like, I gotta go to the bathroom. And then I'd be just like in my dream, I'd find a toilet or something and go to the bathroom and be like. Ah, that's just great, you know? <laughs> and then like wake up and it's like, whoa, what? So I think that's a prerequisite for a lot of comedians. <laughs> I still wet the bed. Um, anyway, so it, it's it's just an honest part of growing up, I think. And, and anyway, so this child of mine, uh, this summer we were camping and I woke up and 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 this child gender not to be said was standing up in the tent and so I grabbed this child and <laughs> tried to turn this child towards the door of the tent and when doing so turned and sprayed myself I got I got hit I took a direct hit as a dad which I'm happy to do and I, and I, and I would take another one 
<laughs> I expect to take one from every kid. So, you know, it's just, uh, I, I don't consciously store up moments to be used on stage, but I, I guess if you keep your wits about you, it's surprising how many moments from life can end up on stage just from the, the use of callbacks, essentially, to your own life, you know? So, um, yeah, there's all that. And then, and then just the, the reminder, I guess it's helped my improv to help keep me humble because you realize that when you're a parent, you're not all that. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. That's good. That's Great. Good. Let's see what our improvisers have. Give it up for improvisers.
Daisy. Come in. I made you some tea, oh. just like you like it. Oh, that's great. Hot. <laughs> I'll wait. Okay. I was just saying. Talking about encyclopedias. Yes, I was. You're gonna get that job. I just got a real confused about kids. <laughs> You're a cinch. You gotta have kids. I'm having kids. Your family should be having kids. <laughs> <laughs> just follow my footsteps and have kids. Okay. Have a girl first. <laughs> Ha ha ha! 
No, I, you know, I, I have, I have the least tortured upbringing. I just, I'm such an easygoing kind of middle child. Um, I punched a girl one time, and that's the most, of, of, and that, that, that's as aggressive as I ever got in my whole life. That's, okay. A, I, I feel like that's not something you usually just throw out there. When it's not asked for, but do you want to do you want to justify this or do you want to move on? I it, I know it doesn't matter. We can move. Well, on. I mean, it like, was it a shoulder or was it like? No, it, it, it was. She was coming. We we had a guy fort. You know, we were younger. And she was <laughs> traipsing into the guy fort, and I was like, you know, it was the guy club. Like, you're talking about like you're twelve or something, right? I was probably like eight. Okay, yeah, I punched her in the stomach. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's. I feel like that's excusable. Is that? It, it had nothing to do with her being a female. It just had everything to do with it was a guy's fort. You know? <laughs> so everything to do. <laughs> I don't know if that logic works. <laughs> no. Uh, so, yeah, so I guess I was the bully. I was the bully. I guess I was the bully. No, I. I didn't. I, I just, I just, I just always enjoyed making people laugh. My mom, I don't know how many people, parents have had to tell them this kind of thing. You know, son, once is funny, twice is amusing, three times is annoying. Like that's literally something she told me because it would be like if, if anybody laughed at anything I said, oh, I'd say it again and again and again. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, whatever. I feel like your mom doesn't understand comedy, right? I know it. The three, but she does. She does for parents. Because now that I'm a parent, I'm the same way. I'm like, all right, all right, that was funny once. We don't have to keep doing that. Like in in real comedy, threes are better. Yeah. In when children comedy. In children comedy, once is too plenty. Once right. is plenty. Uh, so you are a very positive person. Hmm. Um, I think that's at least, true. Yeah, it seems true. I think that's true. Uh, what do you do? You associate anything with how you're able to remain positive? Um, and not get bitter or angry ever? Um, like, drugs? <laughs> no, I was kidding. No, no. Uh, no, I, you know, I, that's my disposition. For anybody who's wondering about that, no. No, I, you know, I'm, I, 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 I'm not, uh, I've just always been a pretty positive person. I don't know. I, I, um. What's the... What's your reason for being positive? Like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> well, I, 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 why, why not? I, I, I guess I, I know. Well, I don't know. I, I guess I've got. I. Uh, there's nothing to be. I, I, I'm not a hopeless. I'm not trying to get you to be negative. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I, my, my kind of whole philosophy is like I don't, I don't really understand people who are really negative all the time. I guess. So, does that make sense? I don't yeah. know. I yeah. grew I grew up in a well. I grew up in like a good Christian home with people who loved me and took like care hugs of me. and stuff. Hugs, <laughs> lullabies. Wow. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I and and I guess those values I still take those with me and they they seem to work. Okay. Uh, has there been any? What's one of the funniest moments in your life? Like something that made you laugh that wasn't comedy related. Like a. Whether it's something you might have just seen someday or like a moment with your friends where you just laughed 
uncontrollably, whether it's to yourself or with, or with friends. Do you have any uh, friends? No. Friends, yeah. <laughs> um, you got kids now. Yeah, I don't need friends. They have to like me. <laughs> um, some, gosh, stuff to laugh. Um, you know, uh, or what are things that do make you laugh maybe when you're by yourself? Um, I'll tell you, my wife makes me laugh. And, and I, I couldn't even tell you. I, I think she's the funniest person that I know. But um, She's very funny. She is. And, and this will sound wrong, but it was this epiphany that I had like after being married, it's like the going to bed and just like the little chatter that would happen, like, you know, this isn't romantic kind of stuff at all, but just, just like, I, I, I can't even give you an example, but there have been times where I have just like laughed till I cried just because of the weird little back and forth kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's fun to be us. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, I, yeah, I, uh, I, Otherwise, I laugh at Arrested Development. <laughs> uh, that's good. All four episodes. Yeah, all four seasons. Is there a fourth one now? Is there, there the were three original and then the Netflix one. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I like, this is uh, I like sponsored by Arrested Development Season 5. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, I, got no, I, got, I got no good answer for you. What makes me laugh? I, yeah. Oh, I, I do think that people falling, I think that falling, British stuff is funny because they, they pay more attention to physical humor. I, I think that... So like fake, like prep falling and stuff like that, yeah. not like real people walking down the street. No, I mean, sometimes that's funny, but, <laughs> but it's more funny, like, I, you know, like the old black and white, like Marx Brothers, although I haven't seen a whole lot of their stuff, but like the old Three Stooges-y type of stuff, like more in that vein. Three Stooges are not all that hilarious nowadays when you watch them, but the stuff they were doing, like you understand, like there's a formula to falling, like, like, like the two-tiered fall or the three-tiered fall. So, like, if I was going to fall out of this chair, the best way for me to do that, in my opinion, or one of the ways that I would shoot, you know, it's not just to fall, but it'd be like you'd have to like fall and like hit something and then fall again. We could have just. Could have talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> so when you fall, it's, it's about not just dropping. It's you know you hit something and then fall. It, it just makes it more funny. Okay. My opinion. Have you ever felt like you're falling in life and wanted to hit something else first? And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Things like, are going bad. Huh? Like, like an eight-year-old girl sneaking into my fort. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. I'm glad there's context here. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really, I really like women. <laughs> yeah. I think they're, they're great. I, you, you do not punch women. Th there are times. I, I, I will say this. There are circles of friends <laughs> no, no, I hang out with. <laughs> there's people I hang out with who don't get my humor very much. Oftentimes, I mean, I think that's pretty true for a lot of comedians. You know, there'll be times where you, you say something and you realize, oh, I'm not in a group of comedians. Like I, you know, I feel like I just need to now explain. That, I didn't need to heighten that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't need to heighten. No, I, I, I have nothing against. Blah blah blah. But, can I get an amen? Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> that happen? I'm sweating now. I look like John Rickles. <laughs> a little older. A little old. I'm older than Don Rickles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, pretty soon, uh, I'd say let's go ahead and we're going to come back one last time to talk briefly, but let's go ahead and take our last 
uh, break for our improvisers. Sound good? Yeah. Sorry, give it up for our Bad. 
throw them away. <laughs> but stay positive. Because it's cheese. That's <laughs> on his first day of school. <laughs> well, thank you. That was a very interesting show and tell on white slavery.
thought he it had to do with it. You went up to grade. Second cities and the IOs and the UBCs and whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> dyslexic. <laughs> dyslexic. Um, those are presumably great institutions. I've never done them, but uh, they obviously produce a lot of uh, women, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and some guys, I don't know. But uh, um, they. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, but just just seek seek out the people around you that have done it, or you know, I mean, read books, practice, just try things. Because I, I think that's one of the great benefits that we had is that we were really the only, uh, you know, we we would set up our own shows and we were the only act, you know, for an hour or two hours or whatever, and we'd we'd have time, we'd get get hired for these little shows, and so it, we had more stage time than than anybody in Chicago probably because there was. I mean, you know, I, from what I hear, it can be really tough to get stage time, like actually performing. I mean, you're taking classes for a long time and trying to earn your way on to stuff and just doing class shows and that kind of stuff. And when you go into a, I mean, coming to Omaha, we, we did, uh, yeah, we, we just, we just, get, I don't know how many, we've done, you know, thousands of shows probably, it seems like. And uh, that's valuable time because all of the classroom theory in the world 
you know needs to be able to be put up on stage. So um, so that, that that was kind of a nice thing for us. And then you know for us, I mean, I, and I guess maybe I should qualify this a little better. Like uh, we we went to a like a uh, Christian college, and we all had kind of this Christian background. So we were not as interested in. I guess we were trying to take a higher road. We we were in that position where we were learning. And it was neat because it forced us into smarter comedy instead of dumber comedy. Uh, because obviously, you know, a bunch of curse words didn't fly in, in you know, on a Christian campus. And, uh, and we just never lost that trajectory. And, and so we didn't want to, I guess we, we were trying to blaze our own path a little bit by coming to a place that didn't have an institution of improv. And so we, we didn't really... Um, I guess it was intentional that way, but it was, it was nice. So when, when you aren't in that environment, you can blaze your own trail and do what you want to do the way you want to do it. And, um, you know, it'll take you a long time to get there, maybe. Maybe, maybe not, but it took us a long time. Excellent. Um, yeah. Great. Uh, well, again, this is Tim Schoenfeld. Uh, he's with 88 Improv. Mm -hmm. uh, been doing it well over a decade now. Right? Yeah, we've 88's been together for 12 years, and then... Way back to high school was another few years before that. So. Excellent. You can check out that group, uh, 88 Improv, every third Saturday of the month here at Backline, uh, 8 p.m. It's called Whatever We Want. Mm -hmm. uh, great show. Make sure to check that out. Uh, everybody here, please give a round of applause for improvisers and Tim Schoen. Thank you all very much.